This is your mind, this is your life, this is your time, this is your life, this is your mind, this is your world. Yeah, how long has it been since you got to think for yourself, think, think for yourself? And how long has it been since you've had some time for yourself, unwind with yourself? You can do anything, so don't you hide from yourself, be kind to yourself, intelligent, amazing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Replenish Me show on radio and YouTube. Um, today, I have an amazing and beautiful guest from one of my private sisterhoods. Um, <laughs> I will um, introduce her in a minute, but before we get to that, I just want to remind you there's an ongoing contest um, for my YouTube channel. So, what you need to do is subscribe and comment and share your favorite part of this interview to be to enter to win a ticket to my retreat. Um, so today we have the lovely Lillian Herrera, who is um, a realtor and a very successful woman who I met in the Elite Prism Sisterhood. And um, she is going to share her strategies for how she nourishes herself, energizes herself, and reframes her perspective. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Cordelia, for having me. I really appreciate it. So um, we met in the sisterhood, and you can, you know, um, first tell us a little bit about your story and how that drew you to want to express yourself through color. So. Sure. Um, well, I am a realtor in Los Angeles, and I specialize in residential real estate, um, including single family homes and investment properties. And um, shortly after I got started, there was a transition in my, my family. And that kind of just put the brakes on everything. And, you know, um, when you go into that kind of a transition where there's a breakup in the family, it kind of just rocks your foundation and, and you start questioning everything you know who am i uh why what now um and i was at a, a point where you know i kind of felt lost but i knew i needed to be grounded and um finding michelle gustafson uh, through the periscope app and the sisterhood um it was just something about it and you know hearing about you know the colors and the confidence coalition and stuff like that that really captivated me because i knew it was more than just coaching i knew it was more than just um, fashion tips or or um, putting together an ensemble it was a mindset reset and that's why i joined the sisterhood and it was a moment of self-care, something you're very familiar with, <laughs> Cordelia. And, and I think that was my first step to self-care, where I knew I was, you know, there was a wound and that it needed healing, but it was something that had to start with self first. And so, and I'm so thankful to have met you and, and the other, you know, incredible women that I've met through the sisterhood, um, because, the shift in my mindset and my confidence um it was just remarkable it was almost instantaneous um 
you know, the results are different for everybody, but I just felt the change immediately. And it's just great that we as women can work together in an environment where we support each other and there's no cattiness. Um, it's not competitive. It's, it's supportive. And, um, and I think it's just beautiful. And, and sometimes as women, um, especially professional women, we work in environments and there's always this, you know, wanting to tear down somebody or we uh, want to um, get in a situation where we get into a group think and we try to figure out ways to, to pull other people down rather than lift each other up. So, you know, I'm glad to have met you, Cordelia, and the other ladies, and, and Michelle Gustafson, because it's refreshing, and it's just so wonderful to see that, yes, that exists, where women can work together, we can collaborate, we can support each other, and lift each other up. Yeah, I, you know, I like a lot of what you said, because, um, you know, it is a mindset. Mm -hmm. A lot of us don't realize it when we want to make a life change it comes with your mind first. It's not something peripheral, you know, it's, it's not yes. the, the clothes you wear or the, um, you know, the latest trends and, and all those kind of things. It's, it really is digging deep into who you are and how you are and even better having a supportive um, community, you know, that is in the same think with yeah. you. So I, I love that we connect it there and um, she really cultivates that sisterhood. And um, I mean, look, look what it's done for you. So, so tell me you've had some successes, some changes in your career since shifting your mindset. Tell us about that. Well, um, once I started to accept uh, being comfortable with my own skin, <laughs> um, if I, and I, I can't speak for every, um, field or profession, but I, I know my experience of being with two brokers um, in my line of work, there's always this, you know, trying to fit into a mold and, you know, we're given scripts, um, we're told, you know, accept rejection, get used to it. And they kind of want everybody to be the same. And it was just really hard for me in the beginning because I felt like I was always going across the grain. And I realized that was because I wasn't able to be genuine. You know, you're conditioned to try to be like everybody else. And prior uh, to real estate, I worked in the corporate world. I worked in trust management. And, you know, we had the pinstripes, the blue, the gray, the beige, the black. And, um, you know, so you, you kind of just, everybody looked the same. We had the same thing. And, and, and when I did show up in a floral skirt or, or you know, something different, kind of like, you know, where's the party at? <laughs> it just, it just felt like being pretty today. <laughs> so in, in my field, you know, I, I think that a lot of people, that, that is the struggle where, you know, you, you're, you go into the trainings and it's constantly giving you these scripts and, and read these scripts. But I've found... Um, you know, not only with Michelle Gustafson, but I, you know, I, I was resisting prior to meeting her and the sisterhood that, you know, most people just want you to be genuine. And they've heard these scripts because there's so many, there's thousands of people reading these scripts. 
Yes. And so when you come in, if you're not the first person they've talked to, they've heard it hundreds of times and, and they're immediately turned off. And so I realized, okay, I have to figure out how to be me and, and still be able to, you know, fulfill a service, fulfill a need and still be happy with who I am and be happy to serve my clients and to be able to connect with them. And that just comes with being genuine. And, and meeting you and, and meeting the other sisters in our, in our sisterhood and being able to, you know, walk in my own skin, wear colors that compliment me, be confident in who I am and not doubt who I am when I walk in. It has opened doors for me. And, you know, and it's refreshing when you hear a prospective client tell you, you know what, you're the first person that just came in and asked me, what do I need? You didn't come in with a script. Wow. Um, you wanted to know. and and. I find that sometimes within the first five to 10 minutes, you connect. Yeah. And then once you connect, then you can discuss the need. Right. Because even if there's a need, if you don't get along, if you don't connect, um, it's just not going to work. Yeah. It's not. I like what you said about being genuine and about um, your, your clients feeling that you see them, you know, it's, um, mm -hmm about being the genuineness right so you're able to speak your truth and be your truth and yes. that that new being is um is just emanating and and changing the world not just your own world but of your clients yes. so let's talk a little bit um more about your self-care mm -hmm. what um what other things are you doing specifically um, what strategies have you used um, in the past year to to get yourself to where you are now I've learned to set time aside for myself something that I hadn't done before and I was always burnt out and it showed <laughs> you know? it was like by eight o'clock in the morning I, I'm an early riser by eight o'clock I'm my second cup of coffee you know, I just wanted to take a nap, but I would just, you know, push through. And so I've, I've learned in the last year to listen to my body, listen to my mind. And if I'm tired and, and I need to take a break, it's okay. I can do that and, and be more refreshed and more alert and more attentive to my clients and their needs, to my own needs, my family's needs. And so the first step was just listening and you know what, Lily, you're tired. Um, go take a nap. You know, we, we were talking about power naps. And so, you know, yeah. and it's amazing what, you know, 10 minutes or, or 20 minutes, even a half hour can do. And um, just to refresh and, and let you see things with a different set of eyes. And I've also invested in a little hula hoop. Oh, <laughs> when I'm, <laughs> when I'm feeling tense <laughs> or when I feel like I, I need a moment of clarity, um, I'll just throw on a song or two and I'll just hula hoop. I mean, the first few times it was funny because I was like, I know I, I remember doing this as a girl. Right. So it's in me. <laughs> it's in me to do it. <laughs> but I finally, you know, I, I got it. You know, I got my hula hoop going. And so, you know, periodically throughout the day, I'll just grab my hoop and, and for about five, ten minutes. Um, you know, I'll just have a little fun and listen to some music and it relaxes me. And then when I sit down, you know, I don't feel like I had, you know, a full on workout, but it's enough to just refresh me and, and you know, it just, and it feels good. It feels good. So, you know, I would just say, you know, dedicating those little 
you know, pockets of time where I can either rest or get some enjoyment from my little hula hoop or take a walk or even a power nap. Um, to me, that was vital to, you know, res restoration and, you know, giving myself one day a week where it's just my day, no work, and just be able to do whatever I want, whether it's to do nothing or clean or just take a walk. Um, and that's what I do. And if I have to reschedule, then I know, okay, this came up. So I'm going to pick another day and just rearrange my schedule. And, and I think so many of us um, women, because we're so used to being moms and wives and, and we wear so many um, hats, you know, as far as, as, you know, being the taxi driver and, and what have you for our families, that we forget that we need time to ourselves, that we need um, that self-care and just to relax and just dedicate that time because it comes so easily for us um, as women to, to do that for everybody else, but we get lost sometimes along the way. I like that. That's so fun that you hula hoop during the day. <laughs> yeah, Fortunately, there's nobody here to see me, but... <laughs> We definitely forget the fun. <laughs> but that's awesome. I love Thank it. Thank you. Thank so you. I, I may like uh, re, well, I'll ask you the three takeaways at the end, but I wouldn't be surprised if you said hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> so what has been the hardest thing to overcome? Um, I know you gave us some of the struggles you had, like with your wardrobe, but like, what are some of the like mindset things you've had to overcome as a woman in business? I think um, the first and foremost was realizing that not all of your friends or family want to see you succeed. Um, that kind of hurt. I, I think we don't expect that. I think we always, you know, feel that they're always going to be our cheerleaders. Um, but sometimes they're the first ones that, that sow those seeds of doubt in you or will periodically call you and like, hey, there's a job opening here. It's like, no, this is what I do now. And, um, or they call just to, to refer you to a job, but yet they would refer a client to somebody else. Mm -hmm. uh, that to me is, you know, that was the hardest for me to wrap my head around. I'm sorry, my son's home from school today, so you might see him running in the background. Okay. I have uh, a straggler running through my room, too. Right, okay. <laughs> see, we have so much in common. <laughs> and so for me, that, that was really hard. Um, and, you know, and, that, and I think that was, and, you know, also for my spouse, where I didn't get that support um, when we were still together. And I think that, you know, that undermines the foundation because then you, you start questioning, well, you know, well, if these people that are in my inner circle of influence don't want to work with me, who would? And so you're, you have that in the back of your mind, your subconscious, every day. And even though you don't realize it, it shows. And um, so that was the hardest. And then um, with the separation, that, you know, if I can't even keep my family together, how do how do I run a business? So, you know, just those things, those were the two hardest hurdles or um, blows, I could say, that I took. But once I realized that, you know, my success really depends on me, 
and how I bounce back um, and how much I believe in myself and how much I believe that people will benefit from a service and, and my ability to connect with people and their needs and to be able to put their needs above my own to facilitate what they're, they're asking for and to be a team member and not just a service provider. I think, you know, that finally focusing on that and, you know, with the help of, 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 you know, others and the support of other women, I was able to finally break through. So I love that. A lot of what you're saying is it, it comes back to the self-talk, mm -hmm. really. And um, I mean, you're not, your story is not unique in that we do really think if we don't have it together at home, because you know we're supposed to have it all together because everybody does, right? Right. <laughs> or not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're just that one person in the world that couldn't get it together, you know? Exactly. So, <laughs> I was talking about that, I think, earlier in the year with mm -hmm. another um, person I interviewed, and she was saying how we get ourselves on that island, you know? Yes. The, the woe is me island, and it's only me that's going through this, you know? Yes, yes. Um, and and I like how, you know, you just like totally reframed that whole thing and you realize that, okay, so my, my human condition is that I can't have it all together, but I'm really good at this. I'm going to really focus on that and make my genuine connections with my clients and pour myself into that and in the back end pour that, pour myself into me, right? Because... Yes you know, you didn't have a support system, right, from your family. But right. what did that do? When you did that, then it drew the, you know, the support that you needed. So now your inner circle is us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, so see, that's all you have to do. You have to reframe your perspective and then what you need and who you need comes to you. You, you kind of... Yes. Beautiful. I love that. So what's you. your, your favorite passion and gift um, that you like to share in your business? I know you keep talking about how you want to connect and really serve your clients, but what in that is so, you know, what is that main thing for you? Well, you know, my passion was, as you already <laughs> stated, it's relationship building. But I believe in my business, not only is it about the relationship, but to be able to help somebody with such a major um, transaction. And, you know, for most people, uh, buying a home or selling a home, they'll probably do it once in their life. You know, some people, they stay in their homes for decades, um, a lifetime. You know, that's where they want to grow old. And there's other people that will invest. Um, but it's very personal. And to be entrusted with such a huge transaction, something that's important, it's a, a life decision, um, to be entrusted with that. I, I, that's my passion, to be able to, to relate with somebody, connect with them, and to be able to find something that they've been looking for and to see them walk through a door. And, and you know, sometimes we can find something within a week, sometimes it takes months. I've worked with one buyer where it took us a year and a half, but that moment that they walk in the door 
and they're already, oh my God, this is where I want to grow older. Oh my God, you know, the kids can, you know, set up their play set here. And oh my gosh, the TV will go there. It's already home. And to see that, because you, you see it when they walk through the threshold and, and you just know. And so my passion is to be able to see that. And once they say, okay, we want to make a move. I love the thrill of opening the transaction with the offer or receiving an offer and seeing it to the very end. And the only difference now is because of my mindset. It, it'll be done. I already put in my mind, this is the one you want, or this is the person you want. It's, it's already done. Let's do it. And that way, the stress and anxiety is off their back, and I'm there to make it as smooth as possible for them. And, you know, and I feel that the gift that comes with that is, to me, you know, real estate is the cornerstone of wealth. It's one of the cornerstones. And to be able to help people uh, achieve that cornerstone so that they can build their wealth for future planning, whether it's for retirement or to leave it as an inheritance for their family or to cash out and buy another property. Um, to me, that's just the icing on the cake. Wow, that's beautiful. I don't think I've ever heard a real estate agent, not even one of my own, <laughs> <laughs> you know, look at it from that perspective. I mean, you would love, I think everyone would love to have you as a real estate agent. <laughs> well, thank you. I would love to help them. <laughs> yeah. And you know, my daughter's been talking about moving to LA, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to help her. She will get the five-star treatment. <laughs> you just never know. Wow. So um, what is it? Um, I know you're a real estate agent, but do you ever have like events or anything going on? Like, As a matter of fact, uh, we do. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> I'm just so excited. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, one of my associates, we are going to be doing lunch and learn workshops uh, beginning this spring and so the link will be on my website later this afternoon and uh, or if anyone wants to go to the website and just click the subscribe button um, and then we will go ahead and forward information uh, seating will be limited for the workshops but you know lunch will be provided on us <laughs> and so and you know what what better opportunity to get to know each other and you know if you have questions but you know over food you know it's fun to break bread and and um, you know some of the topics we will discuss is you know renting versus buying um, single family versus income property um, how to qualify what to expect during a transaction what are some of the loan products that are, you know, best fitting for your aims and your goals? And so those are some of the, the workshops we have planned. In addition, we will have, you know, other professionals that, you know, deal more with staging or home decorating, landscaping, and providing tips so that, you know, you're just not bored out. It's like, okay, okay, interest rates. Okay, I got it. But <laughs> So, you know, okay, can we talk about anything else? So we figured it'd be nice to be able, you know, to, to incorporate that in the workshops where, you know, you can get some information on, on the market, the current market status and, and the interest rates, but then have somebody come in and, and help you as far as staging. Maybe you can't afford a stager right now, but maybe there's some helpful tips where they can show you how to make your room look more spacious or how to work with what you have. 
So um, that's coming up. So if, you know, if anybody is interested, you know, subscribe, go to the website and subscribe. And we'll be more than happy to circulate information to you via email. And you just, you know, if you're in the LA area, just, you know, come on by and, and break bread with us and get to know us. And uh, we'd love to meet you. I love that. That is a really great idea. Wow. Okay. So that's going to be going ongoing throughout the spring. Yes. Spring okay. and summer. Spring and summer. Okay. Good. I like that. See, you're making me want to move to LA more and more. <laughs> <laughs> Come on out. <laughs> I've actually never been to California at all. So that would be neat in itself. Well, you have a sister here, so. <laughs> no, no, I do. So um, let me let me ask you: Is there been any pivotal moment, like in your life, like an aha moment, where you just knew that you needed to make a shift? Um, what what was it that happened? If you want to share, or what was it that um, that was ultimately the shift for you? Um, for me, I, I worked, I would say about 16 years, um, administering trust funds and I had a specialty book of accounts. I, I mostly administered accounts for children with special needs. Well, they're now adults because <laughs> when I first, uh, opened their accounts, they were infants or toddlers. And so, uh, these were accounts that were set up pursuant to a court settlement and, uh, Prior to them setting up these trust funds, what they would do is give the settlements to the parents and the parents would go right through the money and then come back to the attorney and say, okay, I need more money. Um, a lot of these settlements are based on life care plans, so the life expectancy and based on the need of the child, depending on, on their condition or their diagnosis. And so um, a lot of the people in wealthy families and wealthy circles, what they do is they have these trusts set up for special needs children. And so it allows them to leave wealth uh, for their children in a trust, but then, you know, if they're using social security or Medicaid benefits, they won't be disqualified because it's in this trust specifically designated for special needs, not as a maintenance trust. And so um, they were able to get a law passed to include these children that receive these settlement awards. And I enjoyed working with that population because it really caused me to look at each account as a relationship. And uh, are you still there? I'm still here. Okay, I don't know. My screen just went white. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> it just That's all okay. went white. And so it's been quite a day. But <laughs> and so. Um, <laughs> and so in a nutshell, um, I worked in that for about 16 years and I enjoyed it because working with the special needs population, it really uh, caused me to have to look at each, each account as a relationship, not as just a number, not as an investment, uh, a portfolio. Um, I had to actually look at the specific need because some of our kids um, have cerebral palsy. Some of them had, you know, um, they were paraplegics because of an accident. Um, some of them, I mean, it's just a, a series of, of different occurrences. Some were medical mal and some were, were birth traumas. And 
So, you know, I couldn't really paint it with a broad brush. I really had to go visit the clients, which was rarely done in banking. Hmm. And um, to see what the need is and to make sure, you know, we're facilitating the need and that the investments were in in accordance to the child's needs because these accounts have to last a lifetime. And with the advances of medicine, um, a lot of the children in the earlier accounts, they were outliving the, um, the funds because it wasn't anticipated. But my aha moment was the, the more I was in that field and, and that specialized book of accounts, I realized how much corporate um, bankers did not like them because these weren't kids that were going to refer you business to their friends at the country club. Right. Um, they weren't going to invite you to a golf tournament. They're not going to give you a ride on their yacht, these kids, you know, but they're not money savvy. And so that's why there was a need. And so um, the more and more I I saw that they were being treated as second class Mm -hmm. and the more that they restricted me and how I was able to serve them, um, it was just getting to the point where I just didn't want to be there anymore. And I feel if you can no longer serve your clients a hundred percent or give it your all, that's not where you need to be <laughs> because, because then you're the service. It, it's slowly diminishing. And my clients know that I love them. I love them still. Um, but it was just the, the environment that wasn't conducive. And because I used to stand up for these clients, I was bullied constantly. Wow. And, you know, I was on the executive floor. So they, the executives knew what was going on, but they did nothing. And so I had always enjoyed, you know, my profession that I am in now. Um, As a kid, I used to always walk the neighborhoods and look at the different homes, and then I would go and read up on them. And um, when I first learned how to drive, I would go driving throughout LA. And and even if I got lost, it never felt lost to me. It was like, oh, I get to discover new neighborhoods. (laughs) (laughs) And so (laughs) to me, you know, it was just, you know, it was something I always wanted to do. And when I was in college, I wanted to do that. But, you know, the family is like, get a real job. <laughs> and that's what I did. <laughs> and I was miserable in the environment. I love my clients. I loved what I did. I love, like I said, it's about the relationship. But the environment just wasn't conducive to facilitating that need. And it just, it felt like a heaviness there. And um, so I decided, you know, I'm not getting any younger. It's time for me to pursue, you know, what I can do and what I love to do. And so I made sure that I cleaned up those accounts, you know, that I inherited and I cleaned them up and I put them in a better position than they were as I, you know, as I administered them and whatever I could close out and let the families take over without having to have a corporate fiduciary. That's what I did. And so I, when I walked away, I was able to walk away with a clean conscience because Mm -hmm. I knew um, that I did what what I felt was best for the client. That is an amazing story. Wow. Yeah. When we leave um, one stage of our life, you know, or in your case, you know, Mm -hmm. one position that really became part of you, right. You Mm -hmm. want to leave it in order. And, um, you just really went over and above. That's, that's really beautiful. Thank so you. they, um, so then when you released that right part mm-hmm. of your life and you moved on and you 
dove into your real passion, then that's when you came back. Yes. That's so when I felt like I was, I was me again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Cause I, you know, I've been recently talking about this concept of being your own sanctuary, right? Mm -hmm. So like you were saying, when you were a little girl, you wanted to, you know, have something to do with going to different neighborhoods. Did you know that you wanted to be a real estate agent? Not really. Not really. Um, but you know, we had, a teacher, we used to be a daycare, my sister and I, because my mom, you know, she was a single mom. And so we had a teacher and uh, she would bring books and pictures, these archived pictures from our city. Um, I grew up in Pasadena, which is uh, part of Los Angeles County. And so to see what the neighborhoods looked like um, decades before we were born and to see that some of those houses still existed so uh, when she would show us these addresses, I would just take it upon myself to take a little bike riding and go past those homes, or she would take us on nature walks and describe the different features or the different styles of the home. And that never really left me. So I, I would say she kind of planted that seed. And I would find myself going to the library, just looking at pictures of the city and how it changed in the different neighborhoods and um, why certain neighborhoods were called these names or, you know, and, and it just it was really interesting to me. And it's something that always stuck with me, um, even if I didn't want to admit it. So I always took the scenic routes and everybody would complain, you know, if you just hopped on the freeway or the highway, we would be there already. No, I just wanted to see this real quick. I just wanted to drive down the street. And so um, it was always in me. But, you know, like I said, it was repressed because everybody's like, you know, just go get a real job. Don't, don't follow your passion, get a real job. And then that was security. Um, but I'm finding that following my passion not only gives me security, but it also brings me joy. So. You know, if you have opportunity, you know, sometimes you just got to take that leap of faith. Yeah, that I, I really, um, I totally believe that. And that, that is really coming back to the real you and what I call um, being your own sanctuary. So thank you. I love that. Well, man, time flies when you're having fun, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are the, you know, we talked about a lot of things today, but what would be the top three takeaways, would you say? Uh, the top three, I'm really thankful for my life. Um, just this, you know, these minutes that we've shared, Cordelia, um, I had an opportunity, you know, on the sidebar <laughs> to reflect on, you know, thorns and all. Uh, bitter and sweet. I'm really thankful because it, it's all part of the fabric of who I am. And um, I'm also thankful for the people that have come into my life, including you and the sisterhood and uh, not only my clients, but associates and friends that I've made along the way. And um, I'd say three, the self-care. And too many of us women, we just have too many hats on and we forget that we need it too. And, you know, sometimes uh, we're just relied on so much as moms, as wives, um, as business women. And sometimes we, we need to, to be that sanctuary, as we say, to ourselves. And, and that self-care is so important. 
Um, because when it really comes down to it, if we don't take care of ourselves, who will? Who will? Exactly. Well, so powerful. Thank you so much. No, thank you, Cordelia, for all that you do. I, I think you're amazing. No, I, I know you're amazing. I, I just see what you do, and, and uh, you inspire so many. Thank you for that. Well, I appreciate you sharing with us today, and um, have a beautiful and amazing rest of your day. You too, Cordelia. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and, and you know, I wish blessings upon you and your family. Break free from the hill, break 